From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 156, and today I'm joined by Dan Abramovici. I'm pretty sure I said your last name wrong, Dan. I apologize. Dan has been seen in such television series as Man Seeking Woman, Murdoch Mysteries, the great web series That's My DJ, as well as one of my favorite indie films, Ben's at Home, which he also wrote. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch The Host. I'm Jeremy, and I watched this movie when it first came out in 2007-ish. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. That was the year. That was the correct year. Good. And this is... Dan Abramovici, and I have never seen The Host. Which I is saw... why you're here. That's right. <laughs> I saw Parasite, and I thought linguistically seeing The Host would be interesting. Yeah, because it's a very different movie. Uh, but it's also, what's great about it is that, you know, as you're watching it and the tone of it, you're like, oh, it's totally him though. Like you see, you see, uh, how, you know, he could make that movie and then this movie. Sure. What do you know about the host? Anything? I know it's a monster movie. Okay. That's what I know. Did I I ruin that that for you earlier or did you know that already? No, I knew that already. Okay. I knew that already. I saw like a thing of like, uh, you know, I watched Parasite and then I watched, uh, Memories of a Murder. Because I found like a little blog saying these are the films you should watch by Bong. I haven't and seen Memories of a Murder. It's incredible. I'm sure it is. It's incredible. I think I might like it more than Parasite. So yeah, Host was third on the list. So here we oh, are. Oh wow. Yeah, so Host is the only other of his movies I think that I've seen. But I remember when I, it, it, even like the first time, again it's been, you know, over, it's been 12 years 13, I guess, since I've, I've seen the movie. So it's been some time. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I have, I'm, I'm coming to it fairly fresh uh, in that I remember like little snippets and moments, but I don't have like an encyclopedic memory of the movie. Right. Um, but I'm excited. But I remember watching it, like being like half an hour in going, I've never seen anything like this, and this is not like anything what I expected it would be like, really? given like a trailer ride scene. Uh, it's, it's bonkers and amazing and fantastic. And, and after I was done, I was just like, it's one of those, I don't know. I had this experiment when I, when I watched the apartment in college, the first, have you seen the apartment? No, I've not. That's actually on my list. I know. But it's I've another, uh, we did, we did that on the podcast as well. Okay. But it's another one of those movies where it was just like, as I was done watching it, I was like, I want to watch something else like that. Someone, someone tell me what else I can watch that's like that. And people were like, there's nothing like that. That's what makes it great. It's like. That's great. You watched the thing. You watched the unicorn already. And it was like, same as like the first time I watched Pulp Fiction. I'm like, give me more of that. Oh, they're yeah. like, they're like, there is no more of that. That was sure. its own thing. Right. Uh, 
something yeah. with me is uh, I, so I love uh, like a guilty pleasure of my well pro wrestling is the guilty pleasure of mine and then I love for Duran Duran but then beneath that is I love like big creature movies so like Anaconda. Oh, so this is right Anaconda's up your alley. Two, yeah, Deep Blue Sea, like all the Godzillas. I freaking I can we we can swear on this? You fucking swear. Go right ahead. Oh boy, <laughs> Conti cunt fuck. Um, well, you can't say that. I know. You can't. That's that. That's not the okay word. Um, I want to tell you something now about the monster, but I I want to say no. It. Don't don't tell me anything about them. I actually don't know what the monster looks like. So I just saw, I just right. saw a picture of the family. I think it's the same actor as in Parasite and in Memories of a Murder. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Great. He's incredible. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 just, I'm just excited to see because what what Bong did with the genre conventions in Parasite and in Memories of a Murder, I'm guessing that this movie is going to be nothing like Anaconda 1 or Anaconda 2. No. Great. No, 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 not at all. Let's watch. Let's watch. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. And? Who boy. Um... So what are the rules here in terms of spoilers? And Spoil kind of, away. We, I assume because people know we're... Th- this podcast is about experiencing us discover a movie, okay. or at least one of us discovering the movie for the first time. Mm. And so we can talk about everything and anything. So it was definitely better than Anaconda 2. <laughs> I don't know. That, I, it, it's a hard one because, you know, I just saw... Parasite. Uh, we all just saw Parasite. And then um, I saw Memories of a Murder, which is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I don't even know what it's about. Don't tell me anything. I'm going go to go into it super cold. So, I mean, I, I guess I should have kind of... This is a monster movie, I guess, first and foremost. And it was fun, but it, it wasn't... It didn't, it didn't grab me, didn't move me the way... Yeah, that parasite and and memories of a murder did, and 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 maybe it was an unfair expectation by watching two of the best movies of the last however many years, and and then seeing this one, I dug it. I, what, one thing right away that I loved is every one of these horror, every one of these kind of big monster movies from Jaws on. I mean, Spielberg had that template of you keep the creature hidden. He's under the water, he's in the shadows, an alien, it's, you know, half the movie, and then boom, there he is. Yeah. And in this one, Bong gave us this giant fucking fish, slime, agile, acrobatic, alien-type monster, like, right away, and it fucked shit up in a real satisfying way immediately. Yeah. I love that. Can I tell you the nickname for the monster? Please. And what he wanted it modeled after? Yeah. Steve Buscemi. What? That's what he wanted it like. That's the kind of the face, the mouth. The face? If you look at like the mouth of the monster, uh-huh. it's got this kind of like, it, it doesn't look exactly like Steve Buscemi. You can be like, sure. I see it. But just the way he like, he's like, he has this slinkiness, the way he moves, and the way he directed the animators to do him. He wanted this clumsy casualness to the movements while still being a monster that is like a nonstop force of destruction. Right. But his like model for it was Steve Buscemi. Wow. I mean, that is, 
I don't know how uh, Steve Buscemi and Steve Buscemi's mom feel about that. I feel like Steve Buscemi but, uh, would be 100%. Great. Yeah. I think he's like, sure. 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 Just let, here's where you send the check. <laughs> That's amazing. That's highly specific. I mean, I can't say that I watched that monster slink around under the bridge and think, Steve Buscemi. No, I, my uh, favorite movement is when the thing is just like flipping up and down around the yeah. uh, the top of the, uh, the under uh, the underbelly of the bridge. Yeah, that was amazing, and that's and yeah, I love in 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 all of Bond's movies, and this is not a spoiler about Memories of a Murder at all. But and you see it in Parasite, and damn sure you see it in this one is how inelegant the action is, how messy it yeah, gets. It's real. He loves people tripping and falling. Loves people entering a scene just as awkwardly as possible, and um, that was also very true of the monster. Yeah, it wasn't this. Just that opening so scene. It's like it's it's skittering down that yeah. um, whatever that is that by the, by the bank of the water. It's just like stumbling and it's like learning to walk for the first time almost. And that made it for me. I, I did feel like a sort of empathy for this monster. We think it's a toddler. Yeah, kind and, of and, right. And it's hungry, and it's gonna. It doesn't know any better. Eat your daughter. It's because Scott Wilson told some dude to pour formaldehyde into the toxic river. That was amazing. That you know what that that reminded me of. I don't know if you played old uh, Nintendo. Did you play NES? Sure. There's a game called Bad Dudes, and Bad Dudes starts with a screen and a general going, "Ninjas have kidnapped the president. Are you a bad enough dude?" To bring back the president. Like, that's it. This movie started off with, these fucking chemicals are dusty. Let's just pour them. Like, the most unambiguous, just evil batshit thing you can do. And, and, and I think that is, I guess, for me, where I love the tone of how he, he really, like, dark comedy pervades everything that Bong does. And, and, and yeah. I... And I love it. And I found that it was so successful in Parasite and in Memories of a Murder. In this one, I guess, because everything was kind of heightened in that way and, yeah. and so ridiculous, when he went in for the dramatic beats, it just... They don't land it, as it, hard, yeah. No, it, it kept me a little... They already had this very... Kinda, it's a tough tightrope to follow. Sure. And, I, and I'll say, like, what I love is, like, you get that Scott Wilson scene, and then the next moment is those two guys fishing in the river... Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I dropped my cut, my cup. My daughter made me this. And it's just yeah, like r- a real mundane, casual moment. Yeah. Uh, you you I, remarked in the movie that the specificity that he has of, you know, in, in, when, when they're running away from, from the thing and then someone is like getting attacked by a dog, like these kind of very specific, ridiculous things that happen that kind of heighten the moment, but are also absurd. Yeah. That's when it works really, really well. That's just it. And I, and I will say that it's like, um, like when I saw this a decade ago, um, the drama worked for me for sh- then for sure because I was not expecting that. And I hadn't seen a monster movie that went for like pathos and drama the way that this was and the blend. And so it had this, for some reason, it, it worked. The, the, I, I got really wrapped up and emotionally involved with these characters when the grandfather died the first time. He only dies once. Yeah, yeah. When he yeah. died, when I saw it the first, first time. Oh fuck! I mean, especially it's like you're expecting like he's kind of the mentor character. You're expecting him to last like longer. 
Uh, so it was a great unexpected twist. Like what I love about this movie and what I think um, his films do exceptionally well is that as much as these people are regular, like kind of everyday people who stumble through life and are kind of buffoonish in, in the way that people, real people are, they're doing the smartest thing possible. Like nobody is doing that thing really. Like, Don't do that. Like why right. are you doing that right now? Like they're... Do you? Well, the dad did go after his little girl in the sores without a weapon, without a plan. Just a guy. Okay, but with two fists but, versus monster. But within character, well, this yes, is a guy character. who's going after his daughter. But if we're saying don't do that, I mean, definitely. I'd but what's be his like, option at that point? He's he's a wanted man. Anything. Oh, he grab some kind of a weapon. Grab any weapon. Yeah, that's fair. at all. Sure, flare. That's fair. Yeah, but but everybody acted with him, and, and, and he does. In he, you know, he he plays a not complete. Mm, I don't want to talk about memories of a murder. Yeah, don't tell me. But this guy, that I I don't know the the actor's name. Uh, we can look it up. Anyway, he so specific, so dim, but really trying his best. You know. Yeah. No, he's great. He's phenomenal. He's in this, phenomenal. It's the same actor that's in Parasite, right? Yeah. Kang Ho Sung. I think they were called... I mean, sure. I'm going to say I'm pronouncing that close to what his actual name is. And the family is the Parks... There's a Park family in the Parasite, in Parasite as well, right? Isn't that Maybe. the rich family? Could be the uh, their ongoing thing. No, it's in Parasite, it's, it's Kim Ti Tech. Okay. So, not the Park... Maybe the Rich Family is the Park Family? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, and, and the... He's obviously very... Uh, yeah, uh, I love little touches. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, little touches I love. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of bookends and callbacks. And so, sure. I love that, you know, the last time he is with his daughter, he grabs the wrong kid's hand. Oh, that was amazing. And when he pulls her out of the monster, it's her hand that's sticking out. Yeah. And that's, he grab, pulls her out by the hand, right? I wasn't sure about this. Did did he screw up the the shotgun? Is that why the grandfather's gun didn't have a, a, a clip in it? The count. He screwed up the count. He said, you have one more bullet left. And that's why he started. That's why he's counting on his hands. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna feel fingers. guilty about that. He's one. doing the math, and then sure. he realizes, no, he's wrong. I shot them all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a fuck up. Did, did the shot kind of mirror the the, the, the shot of the um, the chemicals going down the drain? The, the the pour was that kind of a mirroring shot to the Agent Orange or Agent Yellow or whatever they called it? That's getting uh, that's gonna get the monster at the end. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. He moves the camera a lot. Oh yeah, really, really efficiently, really, really beautiful. Well, what I loved about too, like the, again, like the first time, I, I'm trying to re- recall all the stuff that I could, and I still love it. I uh, was that first time when um, when our hero, our uh, our dim-witted hero, who uh, is going to serve the family, and it's that first like really long shot that's just following everyone running away from the monster, and the monster just and just shit happening in the background. And what I really loved about that was I'm like, this movie has a fucking point of view. It's like, we're not following the monster. 
We're not going for gratuitous shots of just like things happening. It's like we're following this family. Well, that was another really cool thing with this is is with all the other creature movies or so many of them, it's it's about the creature and then the, the the people are props for it to kill in creative fun ways. And usually there's one person who's some kind of a badass who's going to take that motherfucker down. This was a movie about a family dealing with loss and a man stepping up and becoming a man. And the backdrop is there's a motherfucking Steve Buscemi creature tearing shit up along that the forces river. his change. Yeah. That forces his change. And, and that's lovely. I, I'm just going to reiterate one more time that I think the biggest mistake with me watching this movie is watching it after memories yeah, of the murder in Paris. Where for me, this was my first time watching a film. It was the first time I'd seen a film of his. So I was just like blown away and going, Holy shit. Sure. This sure, is phenomenal. Absolutely. I hadn't, absolutely. hadn't seen anything like this before. Love the point of view. And love that it's just like, all you need is at the beginning is that scene with Scott Wilson. He's like, do the terrible thing you shouldn't do. And it's like, ah, uh, okay. And so that's all I need. So we don't need any scenes of like, what's the government doing? What's scientists doing? We don't need any of that. We don't care. It's like, we know how this monster got here. We know it's just on a savage path. We know it needs to be destroyed. We don't need to see what the government or the military is planning or doing. What did you think of how the movie kind of painted the uh, American military and the American scientists? Do you think that's a part of the definition for the word host? Because, like, they're hosting the Americans and the Americans are sort of infecting... Yeah, I mean, in a way, I think... I don't think... I mean, the monster's not the host... He's the host, mm-hmm. right? The main character, I think. I mean, I, th- I imagine it's it's multiple meanings. It's that it's the the host of the of the virus. It's the, I think. Well, I think there's something to do there with the the, the Americans, but I I never I, thought I about that. No, that's the first time I've kind of like entertained that idea. Well, they definitely have like they're making fun of. Them, you know, there's not it's the kind not, of authority that they bring, and the yeah. I mean, I think and, all uh, the all the American characters we see are all kind of like not idiots, but they're all just they're, like arrogant fools. Very villainous. Yeah, it's like Scott Wilson at the top. That the army guy who comes in and then gets his arm eaten off yeah. and then dies in the hospital. It's like bordering on like you know those Jackie Chan movie I, movies I love. Where well, they're all the trying British to be guy who's just gonna be a murderer and that's it. Yeah, they're either the villains or they're the murderers. No, or they're the yeah they're the, they're the idiot hero who doesn't get to be the doesn't get to be the action hero. No, our action hero is the guy when we meet in this movie is passed out inside of a food stand. And stealing, like, pieces of food off the customer's food. Yeah. That's our hero. Yeah. And it's amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. And, and that guy, yeah, I'd, I'd love to kind of deep dive into all his movies. Yeah. Um, and just, and I love the way that they, that final action plays where it's just like the brother, like, drops that last bottle and you're like, ah, oh, no. And then the sister comes in with the arrow. Well, that's it. That, and that's a, that was another very kind of bong beat of like all these best laid plans. It never works out. It and nor never works it. out for the hero. Nor never. Sh- but it works never out. Never that way. Never the way they intend. Never the, the, what you think of this badass is going to go. He's there on, boom, he's going to throw the thing. No, it's going to fall and land at his feet and he's going to feel like an idiot. And maybe somebody picks up the slack and the girl, she doesn't make it. Well... 
I mean, in a way, there's so many times in the movie that we get like a false potential death or this mm-hmm. and that. It feels like there's only so many times you can get away with that before no, I you, love that. Before you got to do it for real. And the beauty is that she does save the other kid. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's like, and so at least she, her sacrifice was, was not for nothing, you know? And, uh, and then he's just at the end, he's just what he's sitting there and patrolling the river forever, waiting for the next one to show up. Mm-hmm. That's the sense I get. Yeah. That he's just like, he's, cause it's like, why else are you in the, why else have you left a food truck there in the middle of winter? Yeah. Man though, when, <laughs> when she made that, you know, rope of shirts and oh. it was just a little bit too high. Oh, that was so perfect. Again, another thing that she's doing the best she can, and of course it's too high. She's a fucking kid, and she's cobbling this together. She didn't measure it out properly. No. She doesn't know how deep she is. No. It's like, of course it didn't work. It can't work. Like, that's, in any other movie, that would have worked. <laughs> what did you make of the, um, I guess, the, uh, the, the, the drill to the head, the lobotomy that are... That didn't work? Well, didn't work. The, well did it, didn't it work, or did I think it make him better? Huh. Did it actually turn him into, like, the hero that he needed to be? Well, they, it didn't seem like... I mean, we take it as a lobotomy because a, a drill to the head sure seems like a lobotomy. It may have been just a tissue sample, but it seemed pretty severe. But that's what they—that's all they said he wanted. He's like, the answer to what we need is inside the brain. And so it seems like it's just like we just need some f- brain fluid or something. I mean, but I'm not a brain the, a brain doctor. You're not a brain doctor. You're a filmmaker. But it, it seemed to me, I mean, I think we both felt the same way, that with how the movie was kind of ramping up, they weren't just going to be like, Let's just take a nice little tissue sample and let's patch you up and back to... No, yeah, like, make sure you're safe. They took a chunk of that. Well, thing. that he is disposable at this point. Yeah. And also, before that, they were, they were, you know, they were trying to sedate him and whatever condition he has, it seemed to me that caused him to constantly doze off and his, his father said that he was lacking in protein. He, he blamed up. it on that. Yeah. His dad's not a scientist. Sure. No, or a nutritionist. But to, it seemed to me that the kind of uh, uh, payoff to that was that when you take that piece of brain or whatever it is and then uh, expect him to be sedate or passed out, comatose for God knows how long, he springs to action, takes prisoners and like runs off after the monster. Yeah. So I wonder if that effect, I mean, that would... It helped him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That sort of, though, kind of reneges a little bit on the... Uh, the, the, the loss and being spurred to action by the death and by the need to, to step up. So maybe it's not that. I don't know. It could be a little bit. I like I liked that idea. I, I think it, it works for me. Okay. That it's like the idea that they've, uh, by what you think is going to destroy and kill him is actually the thing that makes him stronger. Hmm. Yeah. How'd the creature effects work for you now in uh, 2020? You know, they held up pretty good. They did hold up pretty good. Up until the very end. Yeah, the they fire like, stuff's not great. With the fire, oh, I'm but, sure if Boone watches it now, he's like, ugh, can we yeah, redo yeah. the fire? No, but it looked good. And, and again, like, the effect of seeing this creature, seeing this giant CGI monster inelegantly slip and sliding and murdering his way down the, down the boardwalk... In broad daylight also, because that's the other thing, is usually these creatures are in the shadow, kind of lurking out, like a little eye here, a, you know, a tail there, and then all of a sudden it's a flash and they're gone. 
he was with us the entire time. That was yeah, really cool. But still, kind of in the background, like he's never he's he's the focus of some shots. But it's like I mean, in the opening shot, yeah. But the point of view, but even like in other things, like the point of view is always from the characters. Sure. Like we're never just like doing a gratuitous shot. We're just following no. the creature, hunting somebody, or watching a character. Just it's you know those moments in the other movies where you're just like you're just watching someone get ready to be no. killed. No, and that was and I loved yeah that the you're not waiting for a body count. You're not you're no, not no. thinking about a body count. And I loved in that opening bit, like you see it from our, our hero's point of view. Then we jump into people on a bus kind of minding their own business then they cut to that late that was very funny <laughs> she was like picking at her nails and you just know oh no she has her headphones on she's and she dragged by the head on the floor yeah in the middle of that chaos well i just love that fir- the first time that really why when he's starting to run away from us when they're right by the water you just see some like guy flying through the air and then lands in the water yeah and also the beat before that, because that that would happen, wouldn't it? You see this insane-looking creature thing out in the distance under the bridge. You're gonna go and try and get a closer look. Yeah, and you're watching it like, oh no, go away. But that's well, especially, totally especially, believable. And especially now, twelve years later, everyone would be with their cell phones out. Yeah, absolutely. And you just you wouldn't think, you would never think that this thing is gonna. But of course it will. You're throwing bottles at it now. Yeah, yeah. you're encouraging it. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're encouraging. I mean, the creature is just doing what it would it should do. It's a creature who needs to eat. Sure, the creature's not inherently evil. It's uh, it's do it's like it's eating until it's full, and then it's taking more food for later. Yes, and apparently has the digestive system like an owl, where, <laughs> where it can't poop. It just like digests right. the meat off the bones and then throws up. Right. Al- you know this? Owls don't have bums. They can't poop. Wait, they, what? They puke. Well, that's why you ever seen an, the, this, the, what do they why call them? Why isn't this the podcast? They call owl, well, it is now. Uh, owl pellet. don't poop. Have you ever found like an owl pellet, what they call them? I have not found an owl pellet. So an owl, you, you often find them in barns and whatnot where it's just like, it's kind of like a mummified, um, mouse or whatever the you know whatever small creature or rodent the owl has eaten yeah uh and it's like usually it's like what it is it's like it, it looks like cotton but it's like basically like uh it's almost like a web of sorts and it's like you can break it apart and it's like inside is like the, the animal's bones because an owl owls more or less swallow their their the food and then it just slowly digests and breaks down inside of their stomach. Huh. And then when they're done, they throw it up. Oh. They don't have bumps. I did not know that. You can't find owl poop because it's not a thing. I think they can pee. I would hope so. <laughs> but I don't poop. know why I'm like, that would be weird if they could pee. <laughs> that also comes from them. That's, that's disgusting. But it made me think of that creature. I'm like, that's, sure. that's like an owl. It yeah. just throws up the bones. Yeah. Okay. That's just a great small detail, too. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. Man, you're two for two. Steve Buscemi and now uh, Owl. Owl Pellets. The things you learn. Yeah. Okay. On Black Hole Films. Uh, you're, so you're a big monster movie fan. I mean, yeah. Or- yeah. I like like that. That's when I kind of want to relax. I'm going to throw on something where like... 
you know, piranhas tear some shit up, or maybe like a giant mutated shark, eat some Samuel L. Jackson, maybe J-Lo and Ice Cube are in a movie with a big old snake. Nice. Like, I'm, I find that's just kind of my turn off, and this was definitely not a turn off and no, just no, sit no, no. back and let it wash over No, there's you. a bit more it's, going on. There's a lot more going on. Yeah, I would say it's, it's like... Because um, I've just been rewatching the all the original run of Godzilla movies. Really? Um, well, Criterion put out that box set, and uh, and I got, I got gifted it, so I've been going through them slowly. Hmm. Uh, but I watched the first one, and have you ever seen the original Godzilla? Yeah, long time ago. So good. It's like it's similar to this in that uh, it's. I mean, it, it it does the big scope stuff of like what does these people do, but it's also like. It's a human story. It's not like the music. And the music in this movie is incredible. The music is incredible. Uh, and it's not. It doesn't. The, the the music at the end of Godzilla doesn't play for like like epic triumph. It plays for drama. Right. You know. Um, it's and it's kind of amazing in a lot of ways. And then so this kind of it almost feels like a really nice homage to that too. Um, that that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I, I here's the thing. It's like, is Parasite a better movie? Hundred percent. Is uh, well, a completely different thing. But it's also that's the thing. It's like, it's also, I hate. You know, I I, I kind of like. I can't say I hate, but it's like I also have gotten out of the habit of like whenever someone's like, hey, rank your rank the your favorite film films by this filmmaker. I'm like, why do I have to rank them? Why can't they just be no, of course, interesting on their own individually. They're different. Like I can say, and it's also where it hits you in life. And oh, that's just it. And and for know. this one, like this one's not as rich in terms of like the way Parasite just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, because I'm watching it, going, "What is this movie about?" And it keeps on shifting and turning, and it's like, "Oh!" And then by the end, you're just like, "Wow, wow, 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 wow!" So I'm excited to watch Memories of a Murder because uh, I don't know anything about it. So I'll probably dive into that super quick. Yeah. Um, Where did you watch it? Did you rent it? Uh oh! Oh, you're making that face. Okay, I have an idea where you watched it. Okay, I'll try to find slightly less nefarious means. It's okay. It I'm happens. Sorry, I buy a lot of movies. We're not saying <laughs> we're not saying you didn't pay for. Here's the thing: you're promoting it. Sure. So you're encouraging me to go and, and pay for it. Please do. Yeah. Buy it on Criterion with Blu-ray. Is it, is it a Criterion? It I don't know. Oh, could be. Well, I can't if it's not. Well, then don't. You just got my hopes up. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> these, so sorry. These things happen. Sure. Uh, so, what is this? Uh, what does this land in terms of you and like and, and the stories you like to tell and whatnot? And it's like, does it? Is it can you ever see yourself making a monster movie? I would love to make a monster movie. Um, that's probably not the first thing I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. Um, Honestly, if 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 you just were like just make fuck anything right now, I'd like to make like an unreleased Jackie Chan movie. You I want to make a movie with a badass martial artist. His uncle gets kidnapped, something like that, and then just goes on a tear. Because I feel like I haven't seen for, John Wick for me does not satisfy. Yeah, it seems like there's some fun gunplay, but it doesn't feel developed enough. I don't buy in the way that I do with like the Ong backs or or any of Jackie Chan's like mid nineties. See, so why aren't you making that movie? <laughs> or why aren't you working on like just like a short version of that that shows off a, like a really quick concept? 
I think that's a good idea. Um, like if that's what's I in mean, your heart, yeah, that is. Especially if that's especially if there's audiences for that, and those things aren't being made right now, right? And that's your and that's your pitch. The, the, the trick is to really you got to find that guy though. And, oh yeah, and, and Jackie is so like the thing I like so much about Jackie. It's not just his you know acrobatic fighting. He's style. the one it's, of a kind. He's funny. Yeah, as, he's it's, funny he's as hell. Buster he's, Keaton. There's he's Charlie he's, Chaplin. He's hilarious. He's vulnerable. He he does something really cool and then kind of admires his own handiwork. He hurts his fingers when he like slams the ladder on your head too hard. He's he's human. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of a kind. Finding a person like that, I mean, yeah. But you're right. I mean, I think starting that process and 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 and, and finding collaborators and getting inspired by them—that's absolutely the way to go. Listen, making a, a balls out monster movie would be really really fun, but it seems expensive. I'm glad. Well, that's the thing. There's always, but there's always like, what's the scope? Sure. Right, and there's ways to do, and I always think because I think that's like so many people stop themselves from doing stuff like that because they go, oh, you can't afford that. But it's like you you find the right digital artist who just wants to do cool stuff on the real, and you figure out what is possible, and you you build around that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing for my monster movie. Are you doing a monster movie? I have one that I'm slowly developing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really because I got into the Godzilla stuff, and I've been watching some other things, and I was like. And then an idea hit me, and I haven't been able to let it go. So, like, there's something there. It's not fully formed, but but it's something that makes me excited that it's, like, a long-term project that might never go anywhere with. And and I pitched it to my son literally the other day, and my son threw a great idea at me. And I was like, he's like, so we're writing this together now, right? I get paid half. I was like, you little bastard. Well done. That's great. Well done. Did you see that one with uh, Blake Lively and she's uh, surfing and then um, she gets stranded because a vicious killer uh, great white shark just starts to feast on this whale that's between her and the shore? No. It's pretty good. Is it pretty good? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it has good moments, but it has what's nice is they, they really extend what I'm imagining is a very, very low budget because they just set up the scenario really perfectly. She's alone. She's on this little island. She needs to get to the beach, but there's a vicious fucking yeah. shark. People come and they try to help, but she can't tell them that in the water is, a is vicious... an evil, vicious shark. Yeah. So it's this constant dread. They, you yeah. Know, it's not a completely satisfying movie, and I wouldn't call the conclusion entirely. But uh, well, yeah, open they wa- really stretch that. I think you said open water. I think I saw Open Water. Did I see Open Water? Tell me about Open Water. Open Water is like a found footage type movie. So it's like in in the vein of like Blair Witch. It was just after Blair oh, Witch. Oh, okay. And it's like a couple gets... Le- they go out for, uh, to go like uh, deep sea uh, snorkeling. Or, or no, di- di- scuba diving with an expedition. And the guy does a miscount. And so they get left out in the water. Right. In shark infested waters with no boat. Right. And no idea what direction is shore. And it's just them having to try to survive in open water oh, with, with nothing to, no raft, nothing to cling on to, and sharks. Oh. It's great. And it's all like, 
It's, it's super low budget. It's great. It's yeah. like it's like the like the super low budget version of Jaws. Yeah. Uh, I, I if I watched it now, I'd probably be like, "Oof, doesn't quite hold up." But it's it's quite it's pr- quite good for what it is and what they're doing with what the budget they have was. It was really inventive and smart. And sure. I, and dug it. But I would think that that's the way to go. Is if you have a low budget, is yeah, you don't show much of the creature. You you do make it this sinister yeah and it works just outside of your bunker and yeah. you step outside of the bunker and, and you're works. gonna die and get picked off one by one but even what was that recent one the crocodile one like crawl that was called? yeah i like I crawl want, i really want to see that one. Oh, crawl was it. fun crawl, crawl and it worked and it was smart i'm like yeah of course this probably happens in like the deep south when there's a giant flood that it's like when all of a sudden like the the swamp land is the same level as like land land that it's like so the crocodiles are not mutated and like especially hungry for flesh. They're just crocodiles, or well, oh good, they're hungry for flesh. Oh, I'll tell oh, you that. Oh good, but it's also it's just like yeah, that's a real danger that I buy based on the the scenario you've set up. Again, it's like it's a the kind of movie where it's like everyone's. Well, I can't say everyone. You buy the setup. It doesn't. Because I watched the trailer, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why would you even be in that scenario? And it's like, okay, I get you, movie. There's characters doing stupid things throughout. That that movie does have the, oh, you're being introduced for me to watch someone die in a fun way. Right. But that's okay. That's the movie I'm si- I yeah, sign up for. Yeah, yeah, that's usually when I when I turn on Anaconda's for uh, blood, whatever, we're going for that. We're, we want to see David Hasselhoff, like, maybe fall into the mouth of something. Yeah. Yeah. Bong does action comedy super duper well. I just was thinking of uh, one scene where, where he's, uh, they, they get out of the hospital, they hop into a car, they slow down so the lady can kind of like make like she's a, just a normal person getting into a car, but then the one police guy goes after them and we just see him running up the, up ramp. the parking lot. All the way, and they really hold on that shot to really sell. <laughs> He's just like not just in trying, shape. yeah, not in shape, and there's no way. There's no. There's way. just no way it's happening. Yeah, and then when one guy does catch up to the car, like he doesn't know what to do, uh, and our hero just kind of pushes slightly pushes. He him just pushes his face. He's hope. Yeah, great. Yeah, there's and, a hold up immediately after, right? Where 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 the security guy and not security a scientist or something is like. Do you have the right paperwork? I don't. I don't believe that you're who you say you are. And our guys just hand him a pot of change. Yeah, that but that's a, the pot of change. Yeah, that, I know for the cell phone. Yeah, but it's not enough to buy their freedom. But eh, it's, it's what, enough. It's what he has. Yeah, yeah, and that, I love the moment when he's like when he's escaping. Uh, the second time or the third time, however many times they escape from the authorities, uh, and he uses his own blood. And it's like, oh, you want you think I'm a? It's like. And he's got the, 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 the needle, right? Oh, yeah, and yeah, And he's, yeah. like, using it as a threat right, right, right. to yeah, get... Yeah. And they're stumbling back. He's like, get on the ground. No, that's... That kind of, and those people are all... Like, you never get... Like, there's there's no tropes in this movie. Mm. In, a, in a way. As much as you've got, like, the dad that's... The dad that dies. And there's there are, like... And the, and the girl that gets kidnapped by the beast. There are, like, those kind of tropes. But, like, the girl doesn't survive. You know, they... He, if, if ever he uses a trope, he plays against it. You know, the, the dad doesn't necessarily die doing something heroic. It's not like we've seen a quiet place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like the dad knowingly sure 
distracts the monster so everyone can get away. <laughs> don't give me that moment. That's yeah. the one moment in that movie I'm like, what? Yeah. Why? Anyway, don't. But, um, like, the dad isn't setting out to be a hero to sacrifice him so everyone can get away. He thinks he has that bullet left. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Son fucks him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it with this and with Parasite and with Memories of Murder, those are the only three I've uh, I've seen of uh, of director Bonds. But they're not really like anything else. But they are kind of like each other in you, some ways. And you watch one of his movies, and you're an like, "That's brilliant." He's got a voice for sure. Oh. He's got like a way that he sees the world that you can feel, even though you know one's a monster movie. I don't know the genre that uh, Memories of Murder is. I'm guessing from the title, it's some kind of. Uh, you know the genre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Parasite is. A f- I don't even know what the genre of Parasite is. Heist. Ha- con heist. Yeah. Family drama type thing. Yeah. It's basically the same movie as... Uh, but whatever he does, he turns it on his head and makes it... Yeah, completely. ...a very human story about people. But that also, like, tonally is, like, off-kilter and off-beat, yeah. but still very grounded. It's a very specific thing he does, and he does it ridiculously, ridiculously well. Ridiculously well. And especially with, with Parasite and with Memories of Murder, he really walks that incredible fine line of it's, it's funny... All the way through, and there's absurd beats all the way through, but you deeply care about the characters and what's going on, and the stakes feel very, very, very real. Um, now, even here, like I'd love to watch this one again in a couple of years or yeah, a I, that's a good without, way to do without it. that. I'd love to see his first movie. Is it Barking Dogs Don't Bite? That I'm sounds bringing up the name. That sounds right. But it I'd love to see his like development because he made that when he was very young, like right out of film school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The scene I was going to mention in this that yeah, that, that speaks to what you're saying, uh, just before I forget, is that scene where it's like when they think the daughter is dead for the first time, uh, yeah. and they're all like they're all mourning and crying, and it's like and he plays that scene for comedy, and it works. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, uh, but it's also the kind of thing that I think tips the hat just ever so slightly that you start to go, she better be alive if you're all if you're playing this moment because it starts off sad and then it. He holds on just too long, and they're just a bit too sad. And then it's like, well, now it's funny, right? He, yeah. and, but but also, I think he lets you know that it's like it's okay to laugh. You know, this is where he frames things mm-hmm. or pulls back and shows it. Like he knows how to use it. The man knows how to use a frame, that's for sure. Yeah, he really, really knows how to how, how to direct your attention on everything, and it's yeah. it's always very kinetic and very alive everything and it's always slightly unexpected yeah it's great i i do feel a bit a bit of how how i felt when i first and, and that's what i was so i picked the host right i didn't pick a movie that i've been looking forward to watching my whole life I was so excited after parasite and memories of a murder to watch the host because i did have that feeling like what you were saying earlier when you watched uh, pulp fiction and i bet you couldn't wait to see the next tarantino movie and all that because there's nothing else that's kind of like yeah. that it just feels like its own very unique thing. Yeah, so for me, the first one I watched this is the first time I'd seen a Bond movie. So yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, so for you, this is like three in a row. And after two, like... And in, descend- in descending order. Right. Yeah. You know, I also kind of, I, I recently watched uh, Uncut Gems. Did you see? You see yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, immediately after, of course, I made the mistake. I'm like, 
I watched Uncut Gems, loved it, told every, I just messaged everybody I knew, like, watch Uncut Gems, and like, I'm putting my kids to bed, it's like 11, don't message me, but like, watch Uncut Gems, and then immediately watched um, Good Times. Had I not watched Uncut Gems, I would love Good Times, I would have been messaging you about Good Times, but it's a similar kind of voice, and it's a similar kind of journey-ish, D- different, but... Yeah, the, that kind of escalation and that kind of like stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this, and it, it's yeah. You want to take I think a bit of time, a bit of a breath between. between. Yeah, it makes sense. But also, it's like in a way, it's good that it's like I mean those uh, the way those films, these three films of bongs that you've seen affected you is probably how they should have in that he's getting better as he goes along mm. at crafting these moments and tones and whatnot. So it's like. In theory, if, if you are ranking them, this th- should be your least favorite of those three because it's the earlier one. And it's like, and he's growing hmm. and, and doing different things that are more unique. Do you think that's unique to him? Because I think an argument could be Quentin Tarantino, I wouldn't say. No, there, I'm not, I don't think that that transcends every filmmaker. I no, mean, right. But do you think that that's true of, uh, of Bong and kind of a unique thing that his films are getting better and... Oh, Many I think directors, their best days are behind them after a movie. I don't know. Seven. I think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's all different for every director, yeah. you know? And I'm I think, asking for and then you, and then you get directors that have like lulls and then they put out something great again. Sure. You know, like the, the Coens for sure had a, this nasty lull where they were just doing these like ridiculous comedies for a bit and then they come back with true grit mm. and it's like, oh, there they were. Right. You know, or a serious man, like right after uh, the burn after reading and the lady killers. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? And then and then they come up with something just like that. Lady killers was a movie. Yeah. That knocks you on your ass. And you're like, oh, there you guys were. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. They came back to me with No Country for Old Men. Kind yeah. Of came out of, no, I wouldn't say nowhere. It's no, but it was, after, it was after a series of like just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, really. Kind of sim- not simple. Com- they're they're idiot comedies. Yeah. They're, they're the idiot trilogy, I think they call it. Uh, I found that Woody Allen when he came back with uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Well, even Match Point was Match Point was an incredible return to form after having made just like anything else and all these other movies that just didn't quite hit. Sure, you know, uh, yeah, and so you have that. You have it's like, but also it's like when you when you make the number of movies that some of these filmmakers are making, like you know, Allen cranks or was cranking at a movie a year you know so it's like they're not all gonna be of course great of course you know but it's like the kind of thing but are you entertained are you getting a sense of like who they are and is that enough for you mm-hmm. and then with the coens it's like you can always watch a film and feel that it's the coens even yeah. and, and which is amazing for them especially when you think that it's like they do have that range of something like no country versus something like um you know, uh, Oh Brother. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, those are two very different. Oh, oh Brother. But they're very different. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and then Barton Fink. And then it's like, but then you can watch them and go, oh, I see how these are all the same filmmaker, even though their tones are very, like, there's there's a stamp that you can see in those, but the tones are different. Yeah. And, and, and that's something, yeah. And, and, and that's something that's, again, with Bong and the Coen Brothers, whatever genre they take on, they... they they know to movie do it. Movie to movie, the the stories are very, very different. The worlds can be very, very different. 
but they pull it off in a very uniquely them kind of way. Yeah. And that's where I love Wes Anderson, but it has gotten, I love Wes Anderson. No, but Wes Anderson is just like, you You can do the, you see everyone, I think 20 people have done the joke now where it's like, here's how you make a Wes Anderson film. Sure, sure. And you can say the same kind of thing about Woody Allen. And every now and again, Tim Burton he knocks gets it out that, of the right? park with that. And Tim Burton... Tarantino surprised me with Once Upon a Time Same. In, in Hollywood, and and I was glad for it because I was getting a little bit tired of just balls out violence, revenge, and that comes a little bit at the end. But sure, he, a, there was a lot of good stuff in there, and with Bong, you know, there's definitely the kind of political message, and there's the 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 poor versus the upper class and there's kind of some sort of a societal dysfunction happening and people being mistreated and, and authority being inept, but he does it in a monster flick. He does it in a yeah. memories of a murder type flick and parasite. It's, it's yeah, he's got a very singular voice that he can transcend lots of genres with. It's really, really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that to me is if 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 I am ever, you know, lucky enough to have a, a feature career which I'd love to. Um I'd I'd love to do that is is try to change it up from story to story. But retain but retain a voice. Yeah. Yeah. That is the trick. I re- with I no, go ahead. I don't want to belabor this point. It's why, like, I love a band like Radiohead, right? And and you know, versus like uh, a Coldplay, say. And I'm I'm using that example because Radiohead came out and Coldplay was like, we gotta sound like Coldplay. But Coldplay was making music that was gonna be pretty and fun and relaxing and make you kind of feel nice, whereas Radiohead was trying. Trying to challenge shit out. pop conventions yeah. and then change their sound and album to album was trying to grow and change. And if that means they're going to lose the fan base that followed them through the bands and OK Computer, so be it. But they did whatever they were doing at this very, very high level. Yeah, which like, is like the Beatles. It, I was just yeah. saying the Beatles, did yeah. the, same. the Beatles were like one of those rare bands that reinvented themselves several times. Yeah. You know? And I mean, seven years, completely different sound. It's remarkable. Yeah. So that argument of Stones versus Beatles, I love the Stones. I saw them live recently, and they got some amazing albums. But after a couple of Stones albums, you're like, okay, I, I know what I'm expecting, and that's fine. If I want that kind of rock and roll, I'm going to get it. Whereas the Beatles, you go on I can't a journey. Ima- imagine being a lot, you know, buying music then and yeah. putting that, you know, putting on Sgt. Pepper and what? Yeah, that's son- what you're giving me. My son was really into the Beatles, like from the age of two, he just kind of like discovered them on his own. This it was on the radio and then he just wanted more and more and more. And I wasn't not a Beatles fan, but it was like, he, it was like, I became even more so just by like his thirst and hunger for it. Really? And then when he was like four, I took him to this, uh, kind of Beatles review show by this, you know, cover band, uh, somewhere. And they, and they, and it was, and they go through like basically the whole uh, discography, like the the hits, but it's like in, in a chronological order mm-hmm. where costumes are changing and looks are changing, and it was just like, oh, I've never like experienced it this way. And watching just and just full, and I always knew that it's like how much they changed and and progressed. But it was like being able to visually see it with the costumes and just like styles and how they emulated them throughout this, you know, whatever this fifteen twenty year period or whatever yeah. they were together for. Oh, it was like. Even. 
Not even, yeah. Everyone thinks it's longer. It feels it's longer. It's no time. It's 10 years. It's the it's the time between albums for a lot of bands is how long they were making records and they were pumping. Yeah, albums. but just watching that journey was like, w- yeah. they. Yeah. It was that diverse over that short period of time. It's amazing. Yeah, and it, it's it's yeah, it's hard, and it's funny. There there seems to be a resistance to it. Uh, we, we were talking earlier. I, I made a couple of short films, and I was talking with someone who could potentially connect with some finance folk, and they're like, "So you did this? We like this. So your next thing that's going to be more of that, yes." And then I told them of you know the feature idea I'm working on. Like, well, but. But you made this short we like, and it's like, it's it's this. It's so in make this it box. like that, and I'm like, yeah. But I also made you know like Ben's at home, and I wrote that, and that's a comedy. And then I did a you know road trip coming out story, and that's this. And now I wanted to make a dance film, and then I want to make a mockumentary. Like to me, it, it, it's kind of boring to just yeah repeat the same thing. But that said, I think what they're saying is like there's an essence to this that we want to see in what you do next. Yes. Like to the Boone thing, it's like. We want to see whatever that the heart of that is in that. Like I think with me, like the stamp that I get from project to project, whether it's a sex comedy or a comedy about like you know sex, sex, or you know, or just two okay. or two jackasses trying to raise sure. ninety eight dollars in a bus, or my new film, which is is is, is less raunchy, uh, but in its own way, is that it's like people there. It's dirty with heart, right? It's and it's always like almost every. Bat every film I make in one of the in in several of the batches of reviews, I get the I was surprised how heartfelt it was. Mm-hmm. It's always that's the thing is like people go in not expect I'm disarmed, not expecting like to get like right caught up and in into the characters, and so that that's if I've seen a reoccurring theme in that for me, uh, it's been that kind of thing. So uh, so it's 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 nice when you can kind of find, but. It's, but sometimes you're just stumbling, and that just happens anyway, because your natural sensibility is like I don't think you said it. Like I don't think. Yeah. Bong, I, I'd like to I think agree. that Bong isn't sitting down going, "Oh, how do I make this me?" Like you just trust your instincts, and then it is, and then it That's is it. that thing. I, and, and I think, yeah, I don't, I don't want to come off like, or you have to come, like jump from genre. Like as long as it's authentic and you're telling the story because that is the story you want to tell, then. Yeah, you're 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 being honest and you're following your muse, right? But then I think that's the trick to picking your projects too is going what is the thing that speaks to me the most? And if you end up and that, and how you end up with something that doesn't isn't your authentic voice is by just doing a project cuz it's interesting as opposed to it speaks to you. Yeah. You know. And that changes your I mean, you know, when I when I uh, uh there's this one short film that you watch that's kind of about identity and sexuality and I was grappling with my sexuality and I was at the time fascinated by dance and by movement and I wanted to tell a story through movement and I and I, you know, was having sessions with my therapist where I was talking about my fear of not committing, of of kind of going through relationship after relationship and turning around and just seeing like a pile of bodies behind me and just latching to the first person who will give me kind of a safe space that was poorly articulated. No, um, you know, I knew I had to tell a particular kind of movie and it wasn't going to be a comedy. But then when I finished writing that, the last thing I wanted to just do something silly and, that's kind of how it goes. Billy, Billy, Billy Wilder was like that. Billy Wilder, when he was in a bad mood, he wanted to make a comedy. And when he was in a good mood, he wanted to make a drama. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Any other final thoughts? I like movies. That's a good one. And I like you. Yeah, you're pretty good too. You're not bad. Here's looking we'll, at you, kid. We'll bring you back. <laughs> Let's all go to the. Thanks for joining us for the host. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.